Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, beautiful people. Can you look at your neighbor and tell them, I am so glad to be sitting next to you. Yes. Awesome. Your church date, okay? (laughs) So we are going to continue our series. How many of you have enjoyed our series, Friend Zone? Come on, can I hear it? Yes, awesome. Um, You know, we have been on this journey of learning the importance of having friendships, and and we've established that friendships are important. Uh, We've talked about the kinds of friends that we all need, and we've determined last week that there are some walls and maybe some hurts that we have in our lives, and maybe that's why sometimes it's a little bit difficult to have friendships. And today, the title of my message is Out with the Old and In with the New, okay? So, yes, man, you guys are just pumped, and you're getting me pumped, all right. Uh, So we were doing, like, cartwheels outside. Well, no, I was not doing cartwheels. Um, But we're just, I'm just excited you're here where there's this energy and the room, and I just have to acknowledge that. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I'm going to dive right in. So as you guys know, we have three little kids. And um, I don't know if you guys have discovered this or not, but kids go through clothes so fast, okay? You know, Gianna is five months, and there are still some clothes that I have not, um, you know, yet put on her because she is just, like, going through stuff, and the moment I put it on, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it does not fit you anymore, right? Uh, Well, one day this uh, week, actually, I put an outfit on her, and it's, you know, brand new, and I was like, oh, this is so cute. I dress her up, and I realized that her pants are little bit shorter okay this outfit does not fit her anymore but in my mind I'm like this is a new outfit it's okay if it doesn't fit her the way it needs to fit her like I am going to keep this outfit on her okay so I committed to that Uh, but what I didn't realize and what I forgot is that that evening we were gonna have um, dinner with my with my uh, dad okay and um, on my way to his house and dad if you're watching this I love you but for For the sake of the illustration, I have to share this. Uh, So on my way to the house, I started to think my dad is going to see this outfit and he's going to tell me it doesn't fit her anymore. Why don't you put her clothes that, you know, uh, she can fit into? And it's just, I don't know if it's a grandparent thing, but they just like point these things out, you know? And uh, so as I'm getting there, I'm like putting the cover on her. I'm like, oh, I hope he does. I know he's going to see it. And I know he's going to tell me something. Thing, but you know, I'm like, okay, maybe a little bit into the night, he'll bring it up, right? Um, so, of course, first thing, we get there, and my dad's like, oh, Gianna, you know, doing his thing, grandparent thing, and, you know, takes the, the little uh, blanket off, and sure enough, 
this doesn't fit her. I cannot believe it. You need to get her some clothes that fit her. And I'm like, Dad, I know. Can you please have some grace for me, okay? I have three kids. And I just start going off. And then I realized um, I was a little bit too intense. I'm like, yes, Dad, you are right, okay? But this happens with, um, you know, younger kids, all kids, right? It's like the moment you want to put something on them, it's like you're like, are you serious? Like, I just bought you those shoes, right? And it got me thinking in our lives how we are constantly growing, okay? I am sure that you are not the same person you were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Maybe some of you are like, I never thought that I would be in church on a Sunday morning five years ago, but here I am today. Some of you are like, I never thought that I would be serving in church and that I would be enjoying coming to church, that I would wake up in the morning and on a Sunday morning and instead of, you know, wanting brunch, I would want Jesus. You know, some of you, that is your new reality, right? But so many of us, we are constantly growing in our lives and for Every new season, it requires some new things um, in our lives. And for today's um, sake, I am going to encourage and challenge challenge you that in this season, you are going to have to do away with some old things, maybe some old friendships, some old relationships to make room for some new friends that God wants to bring in your life, okay? So I'm going to bring up my friend Anthony over here. Can we give it up for Anthony? Yes. Awesome. So he's going to help me out. I think we need to get a little bit closer for our friends watching online. Um, So can you open up that shirt, okay? Let us know what size it is. Small. Okay, Anthony, can you go ahead and just, you know, just try that on. Let's just, you know, you look like a a medium, right? Is that usually what you wear? Um, Or maybe a small. You don't know. You know what? Whatever. Just try it on. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, okay. I see that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Can you you turn around for us a little bit here? Okay, okay, thank you. Um, How does Anthony look with the size small? Okay, good. Okay, um, for those of us that are honest, that looks a little bit small on you, Anthony. Um, But it's okay because maybe it's because you're wearing a sweater underneath, okay? So once you take the sweater, you know, maybe that'll make some more room. But anyways, okay, this is how some of us look in life, okay? We are in a new season. We are doing this God thing. We are walking in our purpose, in our identity. But we have some things that don't fit us anymore. And Everybody around us can probably see it, right, and tell us about it. Hey, maybe that looks a little bit ridiculous. Maybe that attitude, that attitude that you've been carrying, maybe that doesn't go anymore. Hey, that anger that you're struggling with, I know it was part of your past, but it doesn't have to be with you anymore. Those friendships that, you know, maybe weren't the best for you. You're in a new season. God wants to do something new. So it is time to take off the old and make room for the new things that God wants to do in your life. Amen. Thank you, Anthony. You can keep that shirt, okay? Awesome. (laughs) You know, Mark 2, 21 and 22 says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. 
Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skin, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And I truly believe today God is saying, hey, it is time to get rid of some old things in your life, some old friendships, some old relationships, and make room for the new things. Because when you want to bring the old and the new, it's going to be so intense for you to try to manage and balance it out. And it's easier for someone to pull you down rather than to pull you up if you don't have the right people in your corner. And I know that God has way better things in store for you. Have you ever thought about all those prayers that God didn't answer in your life, right? I don't know about you, but I've been thanking God that he did not answer my prayer when I was praying for my first relationship to work out, okay? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I remember praying and God, please make this work and this is it and this is the guy. And I was like, you know, 19 and God didn't answer that. And now, you know, 10, 12 years later, however much it's been, I'm thanking God that he did not answer those prayers. So can we begin to not just thank God for the things that he's done, but can we thank God for the doors that he's closed, for the prayers that maybe he didn't answer, for those desires that you had that you were like, God, I want this to happen. And God was like, oh, no, no, that's the old. I have something so much better in this season. So as the prophet Elsa tells us, it is time to let it go, okay? Just let it go. And um, as we're growing in our personal lives, as we're growing in our relationships and our friendships, can we begin to ask God, what is the new that you have for me? What is the new that you want to do in me? And I truly believe that God wants to bring some new friendships in our lives and some of us are trying to fit into some old friendships, some old relationships that we've had for a while and we're bummed because maybe they're not working out and, and things are not going as we planned or as we wanted and I just want to ask you, what if today God is saying, hey, if it's not working out, can you just put it to rest? Put it in my hands. Allow me to give you what you need in this season of life. As we recognize the season of life that we are in, we're going to be able to recognize the type of friendships that we need in this season. And I'm not saying here, cut all your friends out, don't talk to anybody. That is not what I'm saying, okay? So if we go back to week one, you guys remember that um, the circle, you know, the circle thing we did? I'm talking here about those core friendships in our lives. Those are the ones that we need to be so intentional that we step into the new, that we allow God to give us those new friendships. And how do we do new friendships? How do we do this when it comes to this area in our lives that is so important? How do, make, how do we make room for the new? Number one, new starts with Jesus as your BFF, okay? Jesus needs to take that place in our lives 
that we encounter, right? Some of us are looking for so many different things, but I truly believe that at the core, when we make Jesus our best friend, everything in our life changes. John 15, 15 says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Why should Jesus be our best friend? Because Jesus knows everything about us. Jesus knows our crazy. Jesus knows our thoughts. Jesus know our, knows our bad habits. Jesus knows everything about you. And he still chooses to call you friend. He still chooses to love you and provide for you and make a way for you. He will bring good into your life. And you know one thing that I love about Jesus is that I don't need to make an appointment to meet with Jesus. I can meet with Jesus every single day at any moment of the day. In the good part of my day, in the low part of my day, Jesus is there. And if Jesus isn't your best friend, you are missing out big time. Jesus will never forsake you. Jesus will never talk behind your back. Jesus will never backstab you. Jesus will never do something that would harm you or hurt you. Jesus gives you grace when you are in times of trouble. He doesn't change. He's not happy one day and then angry the next when you go and talk to him. Jesus is always going to be your constant. And in the middle of your fear, of your uncertainty, of your doubt, of whatever it is that you are going through in life, Jesus is always there. And so many times we're looking for everybody else to fulfill us in a way that only Jesus can. Nobody can take the place of Jesus in your life. And sometimes we're lacking that, that fulfillment and we're trying to look for it in so many different places. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm right here. Just come to me. Philippians 3.10 says, and this is Paul speaking, one of his disciples. And he's saying, my determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And I loved this verse because it challenged me to think, man, is this my heart? Am I truly pursuing a relationship with Jesus? Am I truly pursuing to get getting to know him and become intimately acquainted with him. Because so many of us here, if we're honest, we live our Christian lives, you know, worshiping God and showing up in church and loving people and being generous, but we don't know Jesus. We don't spend time with Jesus. We don't allow Jesus to come and be everything that we need. And, and if we would just do that and if we would take the time to invite him in and to allow him to be our best friends, we would have everything that we need because we would feel complete and whole and fulfilled in him. You know, when I was in college, I went to the Christian school the last two years and 
um, you know, there was this thing uh, that was called the MRS degree, you know, the misses, and um, people would be like, hey, you know, like, are you dating anybody? You know, is there anybody here? And I was like, you know, set apart for Jesus. I was like, no, I'm not. And, uh, but every weekend, I kid you not, people would get engaged, right? And since, I don't know, it was a thing that you would go into um, the, the lunchroom and everybody's there and they would get up on top of a table and, hey, everybody, so-and-so got engaged today. And everybody's like, whoa, you know, and the girl's like, you know, doing this with her ring or whatever. And I'm like there, like by myself. I'm like, why is she getting engaged and not me? Like, what the heck, you know? And I was having this constant struggle because I'm like, I know I'm set apart for God. I didn't want to date till after, um, you know, I, I finished school because, you know, I just... I would just get distracted, okay? And I don't want to be distracted. Uh, so I was just committed to that. But it began to become a longing for me because I would see all my friends, you know, just not just dating, but in serious relationships and engaged and talking about their wedding. I'm like, dude, we're like 21, chill out, you know? Um, but that was the thing back then. And uh, for me personally, I just began to um, just ask God, like, give me clarity on this. Like, like, what do you want me to do? And I just began to feel this desire to spend time with God and this desire to, to get to know him. So at night, you know, everybody would go out and do their thing and I would get my Bible and I would just pray and, and read. And I know that sounds really holy, okay? I was not always like that, okay? God did something in my life, but this is that journey for me, that specific season. And I began to just pray. And say, okay, God, maybe I, I don't have those friends in my life that I would want. I'm feeling a little bit lonely. Can you show me who you are? Can you fill me? Can you begin to just show me what a true friendship is like? And I remember, you know, all the weekends would come. And for me, I would think I'm going to go to a coffee shop. I'm going to take a book. I'm going to take my journal. I'm going to go on a date with Jesus. Because I don't need a guy to take me on a date. I can drive myself and I can spend time with Jesus. And I can pray and have clarity. And it's so crazy because truly I began to know God and I began to have this passion for him. And I truly began to see things from a different perspective. And, and my, my heart's longings began to uh, just become fulfilled and met. And, and I just want to encourage all the single people in the room today, okay? You do not need a relationship to feel fulfilled. You do not need a relationship to feel complete, okay? It is the opposite. When you are complete and whole in Jesus, as you are seeking him, that person will might just, you know, show up at Somos next Sunday and you're ready, okay? <laughs> but the, <laughs> the crazy thing is that I, I stopped searching for that relationship in, in a guy and I, and I know I, I, I wanted one. But I focused on my relationship with Jesus. And when Sergio came into my life, it was crazy, right? Because I was like, wow, like, where did you come from? I was not looking for you, you know, but you're here. So let's go. Um, but anyways, it was crazy because he didn't complete me. He complimented me, right? I had already been focused on my relationship with God. I had a friendship with Jesus. I was doing life with God. And, and the moment he came, it was like, okay, let's do this thing together. 
together, but I understood that he would never be able to fulfill me the way that only God was able to fulfill me. And so many times in marriage, we have this need and, and it's like, well, you don't love me enough and you don't tell me enough. And, and I, I have those moments, right, where I'm like, oh, I, I need my husband. And God's like, hey, I'm right here. You need me. You need me first to come and fulfill you and to be there for you and to comfort you. And, and I love this because in our marriages, as we get closer to Jesus, as we draw closer to him, God will draw us together. God will draw our marriages together. So can I just encourage all you married people, how is your relationship with Jesus? How is your friendship with Jesus? Because as you grow in that, you are going to grow closer to your spouse. Amen? Amen. Everything that you and I need is found in him. You need love? Go to Jesus. You need joy? Go to Jesus. You need some peace in your life? Go to Jesus. Stop looking for all these things in the wrong places and focus on God. You know, so many times we put these expectations on people. Of, of being there for us and loving us. And, and they're so high. They're so high. But when we realize that we are all human and we all have our faults and mess ups, you know, we are setting ourselves up for failure when we are having these crazy expectations that your friend is going to pick up the phone every single, excuse me, time you call them. That your friend is going to be there for you every single time. They're going to drop everything and go and, and, and help you in whatever that is. And I'm sure that there are some friends that are going to do that for you. But so many times when we have unmet expectations in our heart about the people we're doing life with, we begin to feel hurt. We begin to feel um, closed off to people. And I just want to encourage you and invite you to check what expectations are you putting on the people around you. Because I can assure you that if you put all the expectations on Jesus, he's going to meet them, he's going to be there for you, he's going to love you, he's going to answer when you need a friend, he's going to comfort you when you're down. He wants to become everything in your life. So can we commit to become best friends with Jesus? to get to know him more, to read the Bible, to discover his promises, to spend time with him, to talk to him as if you were talking to a friend. He wants to be there for you. And I believe that as we catch this and as we implement this in our life, we are going to experience an incredible friendship that we have never experienced in our lives. Amen. In this season... We need to be out with the old and in with the new by getting outside our comfort zone, okay? It's not easy to put yourself out there when it comes to new people. It is not easy. It is hard, okay? Most of us will avoid those situations. We'll come in church, out of church, nobody saw me. And here at Somos, we're sorry, we're going to see you. Like, <laughs> we're going to see you. We want to say hi to you, right? Um, and everything in you, if you are more of an introverted person, everything in you will try to tell you that you're okay, that you don't need friends, that you're okay doing life alone, that you already have the friends that you need. And today, can I just challenge that a little bit? You need some people in your life. 
You need people that when you're in a crisis, you need some support. You need someone to care for you, comfort you, encourage you, support you, counsel you. You need those people, right? So we've established we have Jesus at the foundation, but then we need those Jesus-loving people that are not perfect, okay? Nobody's perfect, so have some grace for those people, right? But we need those people in our lives, and we need the kind of core friends that are going to gently steer you back to Jesus when life's difficulties tempt you to abandon your faith. We need those people in our lives, but it requires for us to get outside of our comfort zone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. The one may be overpowered, Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. The third strand in this verse is talking about God, right? So when we have God in our friendships, in our relationships, we're going to be better together. We're going to be stronger together. And, you know, this verse is often used to illustrate the importance of friendship in marriage. But this verse, the original context, actually refers to that of friendship. So when two come together and Jesus is in the middle in our friendships, when we have those crises, when we have those moments that we're going through it, and we can call our friend up and say, hey, let me pray for you. Hey, let me encourage you. Hey, you're not alone. Those are the types of friendships that we need. Those are the types of friendships that will help you and push you to become the person that God is calling you to be. But there's so much fear around getting outside of your comfort zone. There's a fear of being judged, the fear of not being liked, the fear of what are they, what are they gonna think of me? And because of past experiences, hurts, and things we've gone through, we think, man, I don't need people, I'm good. I don't need anybody, I'm good. And if you've thought that before, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit, that is not God's heart when it comes to humanity. We need each other. We need each other. Mark 5, 25, verses, I'm going to read 25 and then 27 through 29. And it says, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. This lady's condition made her unclean in the Jewish culture. If you got around her, if you got near her, if you touched her, then now you were considered to be unclean. It was so unfair. And she had no social life, no interaction with anybody. She had spent all her money trying to get well, trying to find somebody that could heal her. Can you imagine how lonely and desperate this woman was 12 years alone? And one day she has this thought, if I can just touch his robe, I know that I will be healed. 
So what does she do? She takes the initiative. She takes the daring act and pushes her way through the crowd to come up behind Jesus and touch, and touch the back of his robe. And then the Bible tells us that she was instantly healed. And as I was reading this, I thought about the importance of friendships. And I thought about how sometimes we spend so much time alone. But it is time for us to push past whatever it is that we need to push past. It is time for us to take the initiative to go for what God wants for us. This lady waited 12 years 12 long, lonely, desperate years to get what she needed. How long are you going to wait in your loneliness, in your pain, in your suffering to get what Jesus wants? And I believe that in this season, Jesus is saying, hey, will you get outside of your comfort zone? Will you take initiative? Will you push past your hurts? Will you push past the, the preconceived ideas of, that you have about friendship and people in your life? Will you just push past? And as you focus on your relationship with Jesus, and as you have that intimacy with him, he is going to bring the right people in your life. But it is going to take you taking that step and doing it for yourself. You cannot do life alone. You can, but it's going to be harder. You can, but it's going to be lonely. You can, but if you want some joy in your life, you need some people in your life. And sometimes we wait till crushing moments in our lives till we're desperate, till we are in the low to say, okay, I need to do something. I need some people in my life. I need some friends. I need some godly influence. I need God. I need to go to church. And, and all that's great. But we don't have to wait till we get there to get outside of our comfort zone and do what we have to do to obtain those friendships that I truly believe God wants to bring into your life. Why is this so important to God? Because God knows the power that the wrong people in your life can have over you. God knows the influence of the wrong people in your life. And so many of us have been there where we're trying to get right with God. We're trying to do things differently. And then we surround ourselves with people that are not there with us. And before we know it, they're pushing us down. It's easier for them to push us down than for us to push them up. So that's why God is so interested in who you're doing life with, in who you're spending time with, in who you're allowing to speak into your life. Because God wants to do immeasurably more than anything that you could ask, hope, or imagine. But if you don't have the right people in your life, you will not get there. So will it be easy to take those uncomfortable steps? No. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes, very. Will it be worth it 100%? Some of us are in friendships where we can't truly be ourselves. We're in friendships and relationships where, man, God is doing something, but they're so gossiping, so I guess I'll gossip. 
man, God is doing something, but, you know, they're getting drunk tonight, so uh, I, I guess I'll do that tonight. Man, God is doing something, and, and I, I, I know I, I don't belong there anymore, but I'm here, and they're my inner circle, and they're my homies for life, and so I might as well just do what they're doing. It is hard when you're in those moments. If you're playing with fire, you are going to get burned eventually. And this is so important to God because God wants so much more for you. But if you don't learn to guard your heart, if you don't learn to protect your inner circle with the right people, then you are going to end up in a place where you thought you would never be, where you don't want to be. So can I just challenge you today? Get outside your comfort zone. Allow the right people to speak into your life. You need it. Push past the insecurities, the fears, the ideals that you have about friendships. And pray, God, will you bring the right people in my life. Amen. New starts, number three, with not letting your past experiences hinder what God wants to do. Isaiah 43, 18 says, do not call to mind the former things Pay no attention to the things of old. Behold, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? How are we going to see the new things that God is doing in our life when we are constantly thinking about the old things, the past hurts, the past traumas, We've all had those experiences in our lives that have marked us with people. But the new people that God is bringing in your life shouldn't pay for what someone else in your past did to you. It's not their fault. So can we just open ourselves up and say, okay, I'm going to learn from the bad experiences. I'm going to learn from those moments of hurt and chaos I'm going to take the lessons, I'm going to take the good things, and I'm going to go with that. You know, we get so hurt in relationships, and I'm the first one. I take everything personal, right? I'm like, oh, I cannot believe they did that to me. And then I just start going in my mind, and then I talk to my husband about it, and he's like, girl, chill out, okay? They were not doing that. They were not thinking about you. And I'm like, what? You know, so anyway, started to do some research on this. And I found that almost 80% of anyone's thoughts are about themselves. So in this fast-paced world with a million distractions, chances are that what they did to you wasn't even personal. Our brains are wired to think about ourselves, right? We're always thinking about ourselves. What do I have to do? What do I need to get done? And, and we, we feel judged because we're judging ourselves. We feel criticized because we're criticizing ourselves. And we feel like everybody's talking about me because you are allowing that in your heart. Would you be friends with yourself based on how you are with yourself? <laughs> I thought about this and I'm like, well, I need to work on myself, right? <laughs> what people did most of the time was never about you. It was an outcome of who they are, of their pain, their traumas, 
their own hurt. And we've heard this phrase before, hurt people hurt people. Because we have in doubt with the hurt, we go around hurting people. So yes, maybe they did do something to you. And maybe you were the victim of something horrible that was done to you. And people may have hurt you and lashed out on you and stabbed you in the back and misunderstood you. Maybe they took from you. But when we realize that a lot of the times this happened because they personally are not okay, we can stop and ta stop taking things personal and we can actually begin to heal the hurt and start to move on. Now I'm going to ask Corey to come on up. It's not about you. Can we shift our perspective? And maybe you're here and you're saying, Beatrice, it's not about me, but what they did to me was so unfair. The abuse, the cheating, the lying, the betrayal, the rejection, the infidelity, Beatrice, okay, it wasn't about me, but, but why did that happen to me? Life isn't fair. And I don't know if you've thought about that. I know I have many times. Life isn't fair, but God is fair. And when we put our trust in him, and when we release the weight of the burden, he works on our behalf and brings justice to our situation. Romans 12, 19 says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. How many of us, we spend so much time thinking about the hurt, thinking, man, I just need to get back to them. I need to tell them I, 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 this is too much for me. And God is saying, hey, do not take revenge. It is mine to avenge. I will repay. And today God is asking you, hey, Will you let me take care of that hurt? Will you let me take care of that pain? Will you let me take care of that unresolved? Isaiah 30, 18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Another translation says, those inclined toward him, waiting for his help, will find happiness. As you're thinking about the things that have been done to you that have been unfair, the challenges that you face, the relationships that have been broken, as you give that to God, God promises that as you lean towards him, as you are inclined, waiting for his help, you will find happiness. If you want to be happy, can you just trust God with your hurt, with your pain, with your trauma? And can you know that God is going to fight for you? You may be robbing yourself in this season of new friendships and new relationships because you are looking to see how the people in your past need to pay for what they did to you. Today God is saying, can you just push past 
whatever it is, like that lady with the issue of blood, push past it, take the steps, do what you need to do, and allow God to heal you. Isaiah 61.8 says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. You don't have to move a finger to mend your reputation, to make things right, to give pay back what someone did to you. You don't have to move a finger. God is saying, in my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them, their descendants, your kids and their kids and their kids will know that God was with you. And all who see them will acknowledge that they're a people that the Lord has blessed. Isn't that a beautiful promise that you can just relax and just know, man, God is fighting for me. God loves justice. God knows what I need. God is going to take care of it. That pain, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that hurt is not allowing God to pour the new things that he wants to do in your life. And some of us are walking around with a shirt that fits way too small and looking way too ridiculous. And it is time for us to take that off and to say, God, I'm giving you the old. I'm giving you the old and I'm putting on the new. I'm making room for the new. Because when you and I realize that God has our back, he is going to take care of it. It is a promise. And as we choose to allow God to take care of it, the beautiful thing is that we're going to be able to enjoy the life that God is giving us. Can you all stand as we close? If there's anything hindering today, your anger, your pain, any wrongdoing that you are experiencing, maybe you've experienced it, maybe you're in a season where you are experiencing that. Can I just encourage you that God is with you, that he loves you, that he's going to fight for you. All you have to do is make him your best friend. In those moments of pain, in those moments of trauma, in those moments of loneliness, can you run to him? Run to him and then run to the people that he's putting in your corner and ask for help. Ask for prayer. They are there. They don't have to pay for what someone else did to you. They're there. Today, you can shift your perspective and choose to truly believe the promise that God is reminding you of. He's going to take care of you. He has taken care of you. And he will continue to take care of you. Not only does God want to heal us, but he also wants to just remind you, hey, I'm taking care of it. I'm taking care of it. And when it comes back to your mind tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, 
during the week, then the next month, you just tell yourself, he's taking care of it. He's taking care of it right now. Can we all close our eyes? God, we thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for reminding us that you care so much about us, the wrongdoing that we've maybe encountered or are experiencing. God, would you help us to rely on you to be our source of joy, of peace, of strength, but our source of protection. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would walk out today with the conviction, knowing that you're taking care of it. You're taking care of us. You're taking care of our children. You're taking care of our finances. You're taking care of our future. You're taking care of everything that matters to us. You are our Heavenly Father. If you're in this room today, everybody has their eyes closed and you want to enter into that relationship with Jesus, to recommit yourself to him, to make him the Lord and Savior of your life and to be able to wake up every single day knowing that you are taken care of. If that's you in this room, would you just slip your hand God you see every hand in this room can we all pray together this prayer Jesus I thank you for what you did for me on that cross today I make a commitment to follow you to put you first to know you as my best friend. I pray that you would come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I have tried to do this on my own for way too long, but today I am confident that you are taking care of me. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray for another group of people in this room. If you have experienced some pain, some hurt, some rejection, some loss when it has come to friendships or relationships, and it's hard for you to move past that. You want to, but you know you need God's help. And I pray for you today, and we're going to believe that God's going to help you heal the things that you need to heal, that God's going to shift your perspective. We're going to pray and we're going to declare that he's going to bring the right people in your life for this season. So if that's you, can you just lift your hand? Father God, I thank you that in this season, you're doing what only you can do. God, I pray that you would heal the things that need to be healed, God that you would heal the wounds, the heartaches, God. 
that you would heal the trauma, the pain, the memories, God. God, we look to you for everything that we need. I pray that you would bring the right people in our lives, that you would bring the right friends in our lives, God that are going to help us and push us more into our purpose and our calling, God. And I declare that we are going to do life with those people, that this church will be known for a community that is loving, for a community that is non-judgmental, for a community that is not cliquish, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that friendships will be born in this church, God, that are gonna be fruitful in life-giving, God. And that every Sunday we're gonna come to church knowing I'm gonna see my friends and I'm gonna do life with them and I'm gonna be open to them and that as we do that, we're gonna continue to experience the fruitful life that you want us to live. And I thank you for all of this. In Jesus' mighty, powerful name I pray. Amen and amen. Awesome. Wow. Well, we love you, church family. Hey, grab some coffee before you head out. Say hello, and we will see you next Sunday. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.